dread going to church. Amen. Psalm 133, verse number 1, a, psalm, a song of degrees of David. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments. As the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Heavenly Father, thank you once again for your word tonight. Thank you for the good testimonies or the good singing tonight, the good fellowship, the good camaraderie that we have here at our church. And Lord, we're preaching about unity tonight. Thank you for the unity we have here. And I pray you help us to endeavor to keep the unity and the bond of peace. Lord, help us to see this in a fresh light tonight. And what you do, we'll thank you. We'll give you glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. This is song. This is a psalm of degrees number 14 in our series, 14 of the 15. We'll have Psalm 134 that Lord willing will get to after Jubilee. Uh, but when we come to this text tonight, we know that the subject is that of unity. And unity has been greatly misunderstood and misdefined in the day and age that we are living in. There's some people that teach that liberty, uh, unity rather, is that we lay all of our doctrine aside, we lay all of our Bible aside, we lay all that aside, and we come together on the basis of, of whatever you believe, and we just come together on that, and we sing kumbaya, and everything's all right. But that is not unity tonight. Now, I remind you that unity will never violate the Scriptures, amen? It'll never violate what the Word of God says. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I don't mind standing next to a Catholic priest or standing next to a Methodist preacher uh, when trying to keep the churches open, amen? I believe they'll have as much right to meet and assemble even though I disagree with their doctrine a thousand percent, they ought to have the same right to meet and assemble uh, that we have. And I would stand with a man uh, to fight for that freedom, amen. I would stand for the sanctity of marriage, for the sanctity of the home. I would stand with other denominations. I couldn't stand with a Catholic over that because they don't believe in the sanctity of the home and the sanctity of marriage. But I could stand with a Presbyterian preacher or I could stand with a non-denominational preacher on that. But I tell you, I ain't going to bring him into our pulpit and let them preach, and I'm not going to go preach for them, amen? Not that I've had that many invitations, all right? But unity will never violate the Scriptures then. Unity will never violate separation. What I mean by that is I understand there are churches that I go to and preach at that they don't necessarily do everything like I would do it, but they believe the King James Bible is the Word of God. They believe in the premillennial rapture of the church. They believe that salvation is by grace through faith. We have some cardinal doctrines down, amen, but I'm not going to change to unify. I'm not going to conform to unify to them, amen. I tell you, I've preached some places before, I would not be a member there. I wouldn't join there, and I wouldn't recommend you join there. So I said, why'd you go? Because they had the right doctrine, but that's, they did some things that I didn't agree with. They did some things that I did not approve of, and, and I did not change, and I, and I don't mean this wrong. I wasn't rude, uh, but I let them know I don't agree with that, and I'm not going that direction. And, and, and they respect the man that is telling you the truth. 
And I've been invited back multiple places where they know I don't agree with stuff. I remember there was one place, and I have to be careful, I'm online, but I'll never forget, I took Field and, and, and Mel Austin and, and Glenn Seaford went with me that night. And, and we got there, and they had the pulpit moved out of the way, had a black light up on the platform, and the young people came out with white gloves and made, started making words, and they turned all the lights out, and they started making words and letters with their hands while there's music playing. Got done with the first song, Phil went to clap, Mel said, Don't clap! Was it Phil or Glenn? As Phil started to clap, and we see where Phil, what direction Phil's heading. All right, but anyway, and and, and but you know what? I pre- I preached four or five revivals at that church since then, and I happened to be preaching on real worship that night. Was what I was preaching on, Amen. But you know what? They don't have to do it like I do it. Not do it like they do it. But I tell you, that preacher believes the Word of God. It's the King James Bible. He believes in in living right and honoring God. But unity never violates the Scriptures, the separation, or the Holy Spirit of God. I've been some places where my spirit did not bear witness with that crowd. And that was my last time going. Amen. I want to say three things about unity out of this psalm tonight. First of all, in verse number one, I want to talk about the definition of unity. What is unity? The word unity, if you look it up in a dictionary, it means the state of being one. First of all, let me say this about unity. It means we have the same deliverance. He said, brethren. You know what that brethren means? That brethren means we've had the same birth. I can't unify with the lost crowd. I can't have biblical unity uh, with a lost man. But I tell you who I can have unity with, I can have unity with somebody who's been to Calvary, who's been born again and saved by the grace of God. And I'm going to tell you why a lot of churches don't have unity tonight. A lot of lost folks. Amen. A lot of lost folks, amen. That's never been born again. That's why they don't have unity. Unity means we have the same deliverance. Unity means we have the same direction. Here's what Amos said. Can two walk together? Except they be agreed? Can two, can two go together? No, you can't. You can't, you can't plow an ox and an ass together in Deuteronomy. Why? Because they take different steps at different paces. I tell you, God wants us to be unified. It means we're going the same direction. Unity means that we have the same desires. Think about this. What should be the desire of every born-again child of God? To magnify the Lord Jesus Christ with their life. Throughout the book of Acts, you'll find this little phrase, one accord. In Acts 1.14, they were one accord in prayer. And that's not a Honda, amen. That means they were unified. In Acts 2, they were one accord in their position. They were all in one place. In Acts 2.46, they were one accord in purpose. They were continuing daily in the temple with one accord, breaking bread. And from house to house did their meat, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Do you see the unity? Do you see the oneness that early church had? I'm privileged to get to go and preach meetings to God be the glory. And there's some places I go uh, where it's my first night there and, 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 and it ain't always this way. But I can sit down and I know I'm, I'm, I, if I'm at home or if I'm in a foreign land. Just by talking to a few people. The reason I, I've been going to this meeting where I've been at uh, this past week, I think it was my ninth year going to this meeting. And what I like about it, it's a small meeting. They, their church is about the size of our church. It's not a lot of big-name preachers. But I'll tell you what it helps me. It's no pressure. 
Some places I go and it's like, you know, a, a, a performance. They want you to perform. I have to get in a certain gear and have to preach a certain way. And I don't like that. I just like going there to be myself. And I've gotten to the point now uh, now that I'm just going to be me and, and I'm going to go in and preach and I'm going to try to be the same everywhere I go. I'm not going to do some kind of performance. But what I love about this little church in Georgia where we go, it's just homey feeling. And that's the way it ought to be. In unity. Hey, do we have the same desire here? Do we have, I hope we have the desire here at Safe Harbor Baptist Church to glorify Jesus Christ. If our desire is to build a big name for ourselves, that's the wrong desire. If our desire is to lift up my name, that's the wrong desire. If our desire is to try to beat all the other churches in competition, even though we could beat all of them in softball or volleyball, say amen right there. I mean, we're good. we got athletes in this building, all right? But that's not our desire. Our desire is to honor and glorify Jesus Christ. Unity means we have the same deliverance, the same direction, the same desire. In this text, unity means we have the same dwelling. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. That word dwell gives the idea of a home. Well, we have a home here. I have heard many of you testify that the people in this building you're closer to than some of your own blood family. Somebody said, I just don't think that's right. Well, just to be honest with you, you probably see us more than you see some of them. Some of you, you wish you saw them less than what you see now. What I'm saying tonight, it means that we have the same dwelling. Thank God for church tonight. It was almost taken away from us a couple years ago. It's tried. I hated that we did what we did. And I hated we went, but we was just trying, we was, we was putting blind, we was doing the best we can. But I'm telling you, if it done anything for our church, it brought a spirit of togetherness, a spirit of fellowship, and a spirit of unity together. And we have watched God do some wonderful things. Can I just, can I be blunt with you tonight? During that whole pandemic, whatever it was, pandemic, it's when I went down to Brother Jeremy's and preached four weeks. And I sensed that unity they had there in that church and that family. And I prayed, God, would you give us that? You know what? I believe God blessed our church from that meeting. And God stirred some things in our church. And now we have that, that spirit of unity and camaraderie. And I thank God for that. And boy, we got to protect that. we got to protect that. we got to guard it. So that is the definition of unity. Secondly, in verse number two, the details of unity. What is the details? Well... Notice the description. What is unity like, David? He says, like the precious ointment. He says, like that anointing ointment. If you go to Exodus chapter number 30, we won't take the time to read all the verses tonight for sake of time. But if you go to Exodus chapter 30, verses 22 through 25, it gives you the ingredients for that holy anointing oil. Watch. The first thing was myrrh. Myrrh was an ingredient of that all. And myrrh is always associated with sacrifice and death. You'll remember that one of the, one of the wise men, when he come to see Jesus in Matthew 2, he brought myrrh, which pictures the sacrifice and the death of Christ. Can I say this tonight? In order for there to be unity, you've got to die to self. There's got to be myrrh. You've got to die to yourself. You've got to die to your will, your own ambitions, amen. You've got to die to, and, and, and die to, to what you want and what you desire. Cinnamon was the second one. 
Cinnamon was used as a sweet savor, S-A-V-O-R. And that pictures Christ because Christ is what unifies us together. He is the basis for our unity. Let's just be honest tonight. We all come from different lives, different paths, different backgrounds. I mean, he's a Yankee. And I was born, I was born in the south of Atlanta. But we have unity. Why? Based on, he likes the Cardinals, kind of. He, he, he lived in misery, I mean Missouri for a few years. And so he talks about the Cardinals. He likes, he likes uh, what's that stuff you like that I don't like? Uh, chip beef and gravy. He likes that. I don't like that. Sounds nasty to me. Steve, he likes liver mush, don't you? I only have a problem. I only have two problems with liver mush. Liver and mush. Amen. But you know what unifies? He likes the Vikings and I'm saved. <laughs> Amen. We got different, we all come from different backgrounds and different things. But you know what brings us together? Him. It's what brings the unity together is the Lord. I mean, next week we're going to have, I'll be here. I'm representing the Georgia Bulldogs. Brother Joel Logan will be here. He represents Alabama. Brother Davey and Brother Jimbo will be here. They represent Tennessee. And, Lord, that's going to be interesting because Tennessee and Alabama play Saturday, all right? That's going to be interesting Monday night. And we got Clemson and we got South Carolina. And we got, uh, does North Carolina have a college football team? I wasn't sure. But we got all the, but you know what brings us together? Him. Some people like different things. Some people like different, different cars, different vehicles, different, different, have di even different views, politically, medically, background. But at the end of the day, we set all that aside. And He is the one that brings us together. Then there's that Calamus. Calamus is a cane that was cut and dried and beaten into a fine powder. It speaks of suffering. So I said, Preacher, how does suffering play in a unity? Oh, I've watched it happen here. Part of the body begin to suffer. And just like the physical body, when you get injured, the rest of your body focuses attention to the part that's been injured. And I have watched people in our church suffer through a great trial and the body come together to be a blessing and to be an encouragement. I'll never forget the night we got the, the early morning, we got the call about Miss Patty, and as soon as it was daylight, and I could do a call out. I try not to do a call out before 9 a.m., and I try not to do a call out after 9 a.m., and I'd appreciate if you have the same mercy on me, all right, unless it's an emergency, okay? Amen. But anyway, uh, 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 I, I, when I, as soon as I could get that call out, I was getting text messages and phone calls and people on the Facebook. What they were doing, they were praying. People calling me, how should we only doing that suffering Brought the body together. Brought people giving money and bringing meals and doing things. Brought the body together. And then the next thing was cassia. Cassia means to split or to strip. And it was a bark that would be peeled off. I believe that speaks of our sanctification. For us to have unity, God's got to strip some things out of our life that really don't matter. It don't matter if I like one team and he likes another one. Hey, can I say this? It don't even matter if he likes one candidate, and we, we vote the same way, I promise you. But if he had, we have different candidates, what, at the end of the day, that don't matter. I know churches that split over, do you get the shot or do you don't get the shot? Do you wear a mask or do you not wear a mask? There was a preacher in Tennessee going around, and I, he was a moron for doing this. There was a preacher going around in Tennessee, asked his members if they got the vaccine or not before they come back to church. Split his church. Imagine that. 
Duh. Yeah, way to get sued. Duh. That's why we don't bring that into the church. We don't deal with that. It don't matter. The basis of unity is Him. Olive oil. That speaks to the Spirit of God. Now, I hadn't done all the math, but this was not just the little anointing oil that you see people getting anointed with. This was gallons. You know what it tells me about unity? It costs something. There's the description. There's the descending. That oil, that, that ointment, it ran down the beard, even Aaron's beard. You know what unity does? That ointment, if that ointment's a picture of unity, unity never lifts up. It brings down. You know what unity, you know how to have unity? We humble ourselves. We, we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. We got to have humility. Deal with that. Then the demonstration. You know what that ointment was a picture of in the Old Testament? It was a picture of God's approval on that man. When Samuel, Brother Richie, poured that oil on David's head, it was God saying, I approve of this man. Oh, you know what we need God to do around here to pour his oil out, his anointing, his unity, and that's God saying, I approve. You're, you're starting to see the political ads. I'm so-and-so and I approve of this message. Boy, wouldn't it be God, good for God to look down at our church and say, I approve of this church. So there is the, there is the, 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 the definition of unity, the details of unity. But then notice the do, D-E-W, in verse number three. The dew of unity. As the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing even forevermore. Once again, David gives us another picture and illustration of what unity is like. The dew is a wonderful picture of unity because watch this. Dew cannot be produced. You can't produce dew. God has to send the dew. The point here I want us to notice is Mount Hermon. Mount Hermon is at its 10,000 foot peaks is the start of the origin of three tributaries that flows down the mountain and is the main source of a river called the Jordan River. There's three tributaries and that snow and that dew on Mount Hermon, when it melts, it flows down in those three tributaries. Boy, it pictures the Trinity right there. Them three tributaries and it goes down and it is the main source for the Jordan River that you read about in the Bible. So without, now, so without the dew of Hermon, Jordan River would be dry. Now what's so significant about Jordan? Well, you know what Jordan is? It was a place for people to cross into Canaan land. The Israelites came to the Jordan River, and if they were going to enjoy the victorious Christian life, they just have to cross that Jordan. And I'm going to tell you, if you want to enjoy the victorious Christian life, you've got to have unity. You know where else that place was Jordan was for? It was a place for sinners to be cleansed. Remember Naaman that had the leprosy? Where did the prophet tell him to go wash? In the Jordan. Now, I understand that is not teaching that water washes away sins. We understand that. But I'm going to tell you, you think God wants to save a sinner at a church that's fighting mad at one another and fighting and dividing? No. He wants to find a Jordan River somewhere. He wants to find a place where people are unified under the gospel and under Jesus Christ to save sinners. But i tell you what else this Jordan River is a place for. It was a place for Christ. For Jesus was not baptized on the Sea of Galilee he was not baptized in one of the other rivers. He was baptized in the Jordan. You know what I want? I want there to be so much dew around here. 
that it flows down and it creates a place where Jesus wants to get in among us. He walked down in that water with them bunch of sinners because they were all lined up getting ready to get baptized. And Je- oh, watch it now. He walked down and he identified with them. And he got right in the middle of that Jordan River that had come from Mount Hermon. Pictures unity. And he got down there among them. You know what we need tonight? We don't need better sermons. We don't need better songs. We need the Lord.